Hey, listener. Welcome back. Didn't see you there. I missed you. Oh. Hey, how are you guys? Be a better bard. Welcome. I'm Burley. And I'm a huge disappointment. Also, Alex. Yeah. Um, huge disappointment's your middle name, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's my chosen name. Oh. <laughs> um, wow, that's that's a heavy <laughs> that's a heavy self-burn. Um anyway, this really good audio is brought to you by us and also by the letter Princes, which we're gonna talk about today. Uh, I meant to pull up Prince lyrics so I can sing a Prince song, but I was too lazy. Well, he's not a Prince anymore. He's an artist formerly known as a Prince. I think that would be a King. Yeah. Yeah, he changed his name to King. And then he started wearing a Jaguar head and fighting in Tekken. (laughs) Deep cuts for references. Hell yeah. Well, you thought this wasn't a nerdy show? It is. <laughs> um, yeah, normally we talk about uh, like the history of princes, but I mean, d- I mean, what do you what do you got, Alex? Did oh, I, you? Oh, I got. Did you come with prince research? I came with prince research. Of course, I came with the prince research. I didn't even bother because I, I was like, I was like, if somebody doesn't know what a prince is, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. Well, the word prince derives from the Greek princeps. And in the ancient Holy Roman Empire, they would kind of send out rulers to be um, like controllers of city-states outside of like the direct Roman Empire. And those rulers of those areas were princeps. And those areas they ruled did operate very similar to how we expect um, feudal lands to operate so there was kind Mm. of a a stepping block for that and there is another prince that people don't talk about often Uh, you could be a prince or a prince consort which means you are partner to a queen regent which is the queen regent Regent. is the the primary ruler of an area so if you're a king and you have a partner she's still a queen but if you're you're the queen regent and she has a partner you're not a king you're a prince or a prince consort and that's what um, England has right now, right? There's no king. There's the queen and the prince consort. Is she married? I never hear anything about him, so I don't know. Yes, so. she's she's married. I think he used to be like German nobility. I think his family had ties to like the Nazis or something like that. I could be super wrong. I know that like our one listener is going to be a, a wedding, a royal wedding follower and going to jump right down my ass, but... Yeah, I think that he he's they they got married and he's a prince. Nice, there we not go. Not the king. Um, I'll have to go back and watch another episode of The Crown on <laughs> Netflix. I'll have to watch more than one episode. All right, so everyone does essentially know what a prince is. A prince is the male offspring of a king or queen, and they are traditionally in some sort of line to be a future king, possibly. Mm-hmm. And this all kind of is based around the idea of divine right. What divine right is, is it's saying that God chose you and your family to rule. You are chosen by God. No one else can do this. Suck it, peasants. 
princes are well educated and they're being trained to move up to be a king. So from a very early age, they have a very formal education. They're going to learn history, warfare tactics, their letters, math. They'll learn horseback riding. They'll learn how to use whatever weapon is part of your military, depending on the time frame that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. Once they're a bit older, they might be given their own parcel of land to kind of learn how to start ruling. So they don't get the whole kingdom, but they get a little spot with, you know, a little township maybe to kind of take control of. Um, you know, oh, okay. So they get an control. egg. and Yeah. <laughs> with little googly eyes on it. Yeah. And as long as they bring the, the egg back. Yeah. Just the king like sign land and it's like, don't break it. Yeah. Just don't, don't fuck it up. When I die, do whatever. And they'll also traditionally be giving a high rank in the military. You're expected to do some sort of service. You're not going to fight on the front line or anything, but you're expected to kind of become familiar with the men that you will be ruling over and sending to battle. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, did you ever play um, Dragon Quest Eleven? I have never played a Dragon Quest. Oh, man. Dragon Quest XI is really good. I don't remember if I still have it, but if I do, I'll loan it to you. Um, but there's a character in it that is like, to a T exactly the type of prince you just described like um you know his his father expects him to be the the shining symbol of what a knight is and um like uh he he has to like go on missions with his soldiers and stuff and prove himself to be a worthy prince it's it's a uh, good he's a good prince he's actually a coward and he pays the main he he pays the party to go and do his stuff for him, but Fair enough. who isn't nowadays? Um, yeah, that's kind of the overview of what a prince is. Cool. You know, I'm not gonna lie, Alex. Another, you know, I, I say it almost every episode. Um, I I love doing this with you because you are so professional. You come prepared, and you know, I was like, I was like, oh, a prince, like, duh, like son of a king guy. And then you come here and teach me some knowledge about, you know, mini kingdoms. And, um, and I didn't even think about uh, a prince just being um, almost like a duke or a lord, right? Yeah. Um, not necessarily the son of a king, but maybe just the leader of a smaller area, which is sort of how, um, like, that's how it is in Saudi Arabia and stuff. Modern day, right? As like, far as I know? Like you, you know, you'll you'll see these princes and stuff, but they're not necessarily the son of the king of Saudi Arabia. Look, I, the what I know about Saudi Arabian politics can fill a really tiny book. <laughs> Don't let my research fool you. If I haven't looked it up on Wikipedia in the last three days, I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, do you want to dive right in, um, yeah. so that we can tell the listeners that we did actually some work? for the episode so the prince that i decided to um to talk about today is not a prince <gasps> scandal so that's a good episode so way back in the golden age of um the middle east basically between the 8th and 14th centuries there's a a a book we'll call it a book it's really more of a collection um and between the 8th and 14th centuries, this was an ongoing 
production by many authors um, called 1001 Nights. I think I and remember that the, book. Isn't that the one that um, Bugs Bunny reads the spoiled prince to make him go to sleep? It might be. It might just be. There you go. Um, so the, the plot of 1001 Nights is there is a sultan and he is horny as heck and he wants to get with all the fly honeys but after he he does sleep with them i guess he gets bored with them because he kills them the next day um and there's a woman named shahrazad who is um known for her beauty but also for her intelligence and the sultan is like yo shahrazad i want to marry you real bad and she's can't do anything about it because he's the sultan um so he's like yo come to my bed chambers i'll bed you down real quick then tomorrow i'm gonna marry your sister and then i'll bed her too now shahrazad doesn't want to die and she also doesn't want her sister to die so when she goes to the sultan's bed chambers instead of sleeping with him she starts telling him stories and she's like well we can't have sex if you you know don't listen to a good story i gotta tell you these stories to get into the mood um so the idea of this collection is that over the course of 1001 nights, uh, Scheherazade tells story after story after story to keep pushing the king away until I guess eventually he falls in love or just changes his mind about how things work. I don't know. Back to the story. So Scheherazade is telling all of these stories. Um, this is where we get the a written account of these Middle Eastern folk tales, including the seven voyages of Sinbad the Sailor, Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, and our hero for the, the day, Aladdin. Aladdin's story actually was not included in the 1001 Nights until the early 1700s when it was being translated into French by an author named Antoine Gallard. And he actually learned the story from a, from a man named Hana Diab, who was a writer, storyteller, and cloth merchant from the Middle East. So it's almost like this French guy heard the story from, you know, the opening of <laughs> Disney's animated Aladdin when the genie is like trying to sell you a fry slicer. Um, yeah. So this, this French guy basically heard the story from a cloth merchant and wrote it down. But the story goes a little something like this. In one of the cities in China, Aladdin is a young man living in poverty with his widowed mother. You see, Aladdin was so lazy and aloof that his father, Mustafa the tailor, died of grief. One day, while Aladdin was out trying to figure out how to earn money without putting any effort into it, a stranger approached him. Aren't you the son of Mustafa the tailor? I am, but my father passed away many years ago from non-shame-related causes. I'm sorry to hear that. Mustafa is my brother, and I've come far to see him after many years. Please tell your mother that I am coming for a visit. So Aladdin rushes home, a la Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and tells his mother she had never met this uncle, but she had heard of him. And she started quickly dusting off their various pots and sticks and interestingly shaped pieces of leather. When his uncle came to dinner, he brought exotic fruit gifts. Thank you, uncle. Mother and I have a wicked scurvy coming in. My pleasure, nephew. Now tell me, what line of work are you in? At this, Aladdin's mother bursts into tears and begins pacing around the room, alternating between explaining Aladdin's ne'er-do-well tendencies and admiring her leather pieces. 
Well, said the uncle, why don't I set you up with a shop, my boy? I'll pay for a stall and fill it with merchandise. You'll just need to keep it running. Here, I brought you some nice clothes as well. So, you know, Aladdin is feeling pretty good at this moment. And the next day, uh, Aladdin and his uncle go out for a walk in a beautiful garden in the city. And Aladdin is listening to his uncle relay these stories of all of his travels. And before he knows it, they're standing in the middle of the desert near a valley between two mountains. Before them stands a pedestal with a brass ring upon it. Take the ring, Aladdin. He did so, revealing a staircase leading down into the mountains. There's a great treasure down there, Aladdin. Enough to buy your shop and pay for other men to run it for you. You will live like a king, and you will never have to leave your pillow room. So Aladdin slips on the ring and dives down into the cave, and wouldn't you know it, there is a magic lamp down in there. Now we all know what happens next. Aladdin is leaving with the lamp, and the uncle betrays him, revealing himself to be a wizard from North Africa. Aladdin refuses to give up the lamp, and the sorcerer gets mad and traps Aladdin down in the hole, is never to be seen again. So Aladdin's sitting down in this chamber um, and he's got this lamp and he's like, oh man, how do I get out of here? How do I get out of here? And he starts wringing his hands with worry and he ends up rubbing on the ring he was wearing and a genie pops out and he's like, I am the slave of the ring. I will give you three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the movie. Get me out of here. So Aladdin leaves with the genie of the ring. And he goes home and he's like, hey, mom, I'm going to go sell this lamp I found to buy some food. So he starts polishing up the lamp so he can get more money out. And boom, a second genie comes out. So Aladdin's super rich right now. He's got two genies and a big old palace that's right next to the Sultan's palace, but is slightly bigger, which really bugs the Sultan because Aladdin also married the Sultan's daughter. And the sorcerer hears about it and he comes back, even though I told you he would never come back again. So he goes to Aladdin's mother. And uh, he uses his wiles, wink, wink, to steal the lamp away. And the sorcerer teleports Aladdin and the princess to Africa to show them where he grew up. But the princess seduces their way back into the city in China somewhere. There's a pretty cool fight, probably with snakes and lasers, and the sorcerer is killed. But as it turns out, the sorcerer has an older brother who can totally beat you up. So Big Bro disguises himself as a medicine woman and tricks the princess into hiring him as the house nurse. The Big Brother prepares to bring his revenge upon Aladdin. But as few do, he did not expect Aladdin to have two genies. The genie of the ring warns Aladdin of the Big Bro's treachery, and Aladdin kills him. And then summarily, Aladdin becomes the sultan. And that's the story <laughs> of Aladdin. I don't know how Disney was able to pack it into one hour and 30 minutes, but there it is. What is he a prince? Oh, he married the Sultan's daughter after he got rich. All right, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was my thing too, is like, uh, you know, I went looking because honestly, the, because the third Aladdin movie is the Prince of Thieves. Um, where we find out that his father was alive the whole time and is actually the leader of the 40 thieves from the Alibaba story. Um, that's the third movie. And actually, Melissa and I turned that on yesterday. So, because whenever I'm researching something, if I can watch a movie about it, I'm gonna. That way, Melissa and I can just like, you know, be a part of something. 
And we started watching it and we got like halfway through the first song of the movie and we're like, eh, let's just go back and watch the first movie. <laughs> the first one, the first song's The Wedding in Agrabah, isn't it? That's not a bad song. It's it was terrible. It's all right. I'd go better I, than anything I, from the second movie. Oh yeah, the second movie is god awful. But the the first movie the the third movie the third movie is better than the second. I completely agree with that. But it's not good. And I had spent all day because I was doing research about Aladdin all day yesterday. And so the whole day I'm like Prince Ali, fabulous he Ali Ababwa. Um yeah, so that's that's Aladdin. I'm I'm done talking about it. All right, good one. <laughs> well, the prince I did would be from a uh... Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. That's right. I'm talking about Prince Zuko, like the rest of the internet is. <laughs> is the internet talking about Prince Zuko right now? Uh, internet's all about Avatar right now since they put it back on uh, Netflix. Oh, on Netflix, right. Yes. I mean, I. So a lot of people are watching it for the first time now, and go them. It's, it's delightful. You're in for a treat. You know, Melissa and I have been looking for a new Saturday morning show, and I, I, I've been watching Teen T- titans on hbo max the original teen titans is on the new hbo platform so i've been watching that a lot maybe melissa and i should get into avatar though yeah now i tried to have, get her to watch it now that we have uh, hbo max i've been watching uh, scooby-doo uh, oh the old scooby-doos oh yeah dog good um so uh prince zuko you said prince zuko now for those that don't know what avatar the last airbender is it is a fantasy show where there are different kingdoms and certain citizens of each kingdom have special powers. They can essentially uh, manipulate particular kinds of matter. There's firebenders, earthbenders, waterbenders, and the now extinct airbenders. Hmm. So before I get into Prince Zuko, I'm going to real quick go into his genealogy. I'm going to go Tolkien up in your ass. Oh, great. Yeah. Just, brief run into it just because it all kind of goes through so prince oh yeah yeah. and 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 his genealogy is really important to who he is as a character yeah so prince zuko is the son of ozai who is the father and ursa the mother he is the brother to azula he is the grandson to the old fire lord fire lord azulon and he is the nephew to iroh and cousin to luten and i'll try and bring up everyone's like father, mother, cousin name when I mention them again, but just a quick breakdown of that tree. In between Ozai and Iroh, Iroh is the older of the two. So as a child, Prince Zuko spent a lot of time with his mother Ursa, who was a kind woman, and that did affect a lot who Zuko was. Ursa wasn't completely down with the Fire Kingdom and their ways, so she tried her best to make Zuko a good person. I'm sure she also tried for her daughter, uh, Azula, but Azula was just a bitch. Azula sucks. So Zuko's father, Ozai, is the second brother to the Fire Lord, Fire Lord Azulon. His brother, Iroh, is next in command. And Iroh is currently leading the siege of Ba Sing Se, which is the Earth Kingdom capital. During the siege, Iroh loses his son, Luten which completely breaks him. He calls off the siege and returns home to mourn the loss of his son. Ozai uses this loss as a chance to bend it to his own needs. He says that Iroh returned in disgrace. He should not leave the Fire Nation. And instead, Ozai, him, he should be next in line. 
his father Azulon is like, maybe you should pay some sort of price, but whatever that price is, most likely having to do with Ursa, it's kind of hush-hush at the time. When Azulon passes, Ozai does become the Fire Lord. And Iroh's just kind of happy to step back. So that makes Zuko the next reigning Fire Lord, eventually, if he plays his cards right. So he's the heir apparent. Correct. So while Ozai is leading the Fire Nation, Zuko is trying to learn what he's needing to do. He's, so he says, hey, I, I want to sit in on one of these war meetings one day. I should learn about the war effort because I'm going to be taking on this war effort at some point. And Iroh, who's on the board, is like, you know, yeah, come on, sit quiet, just shut up. Don't say anything. <laughs> so Zuko says something. <laughs> He learns that one of the generals is planning on doing a battle which he considers dishonorable. He's going to essentially use Fire Nation troops as bait and they will die. Zuko stands up against this and says, no, like these are Fire Nation people. We are meant to protect them. This is a dishonorable tactic. And Zuko fucks up. His father takes this as a grave insult. And it's like, no, you need to handle this with Agni Kai which is a fire duel, essentially. They all have fire special powers. Agni Kai! So Zuko thinks he's going to be facing the general in which he spoke out against, but he's not. He's going to be facing off against his father because his father says, you didn't disgrace the general for speaking out. You disgraced me for speaking out. Oh, shit. And is he's he's not the fire or his father's not the fire lord yet right his grandpa's no, still the, the fire lord he is the fire lord now. at this point azulon has oh okay okay so zuko gets on his hands and knees and begs his father like i will not fight you you're my father you're the fire lord i won't do it and ozai goes no get up you will fight me or you will suffer the consequences zuko says no ozai fire punches his son in the face branding him across the eye as a punishment for his cowardice and then sends him out, eventually banishing him. But he does give Zuko a kind of chance. So if you bring me the Avatar, which I haven't mentioned who the Avatar is, is the, <laughs> the only person who can stop the Fire Nation in their upcoming siege, according to some story or other. If you bring back the Avatar, then you will be restored on. Here's the catch. The Avatar hasn't been seen in a hundred years. Most people assume he's dead. So Zuko is And that's because that's because, right? So the Avatar like uh is a reincarnated cycle that is like the water tribe and then the earth tribe and then the fire tribe and then the air tribe. So when the previous avatar, the fire a fire uh, kingdom avatar dies. The fire kingdom is like, oh shit. Okay, let's just e- exterminate all the air nomads, and that's when they become extinct. And that's why everybody thinks the avatar's dead, right? Yes, that's exactly because it. they 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 killed all the air nomads so that there couldn't be, um, so that the avatar could not reincarnate. Yeah, and I sorry, think, I think he's some way actually related to the fire avatar. Like I think they are some. Um, yes, oh, I. It's it's his mother's father. I think it's his maternal grandfather or maybe maternal uncle. No, 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 no. Wrong. It's um, it's a Zulon's brother. There we go. I knew it was something. Yeah, because they um, they were known as like the two dragons. So it's it's his great uncle. Yep. 
So Zuko is banished and his dope uncle, his dope uncle Iroh decides to join him in his banishment. And they are both doomed to wander the world looking for the Avatar. I won't go too much into anything besides his origin story just because everyone's watching it right now. I want you to enjoy it. I don't want to spoil anything for you. And I think <laughs> his origin story really speaks a lot for him. Yeah. And that's Zuko, who's dope and I love him. Okay, well, let's, yeah, let's uh, do our compare-contrast business. Well, we really chose polar opposites in this one, didn't we? So, so here's the thing. On the surface, I think, yeah, we did. We sure did. We sure did. But I think that the character beats that are important, um, bringing shame upon your family, not wanting to be a part of sort of like the family business, <laughs> I guess, you know, like trying trying to do things their own way. You know, Aladdin is like really lazy. So that's, you know, his character trait. Whereas Zuko is, I guess his character trait is a good guy who has been turned into a bad guy. He is very honor-based. He's just trying to understand what honor is. Yeah. So I think, I think that we, you know, th there's obviously, yes, a lot of differences. But I think that the you know having i think that the, that there are are enough I, I guess it's really the only one thing that is overlapping between them but it's an interesting enough character trait that we should steal that i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah they're like having brought shame upon their family and needing to reclaim i don't know honor about that honor all about that honor and since we already sort of know where we want our prince character to end up at the end of the story <laughs> Yep. Um, so for, for listeners, because uh, things are going to be coming out in different orders, uh, we recorded yeah. an episode before this and realized we needed a character. So we're going to shoehorn yeah. a lot of stuff we need for next episode. Well, I mean, it's, it's not really a lot of stuff. All we really need is for our prince to find himself in a cage uh, held captive by brigands. And we also need um, two kingdoms that are at a cold war with each other. We've, we've got the one kingdom already that uh absalom is a part of and we'll have this this other kingdom let's actually why don't we have this other kingdom be from a far off land so they got like an ocean in between them yeah so like we don't even really have like so that absalom doesn't even really have proof that this guy is an actual prince until okay. sometime later yeah, that way we don't. I, I don't. I just don't want to get into the politics of two kingdoms. Fair that's, enough. That's a DM's job, not mine. Let's pretend that we don't have to worry about Absalom at all and start building our prince. So uh, I think, unlike a lot of the characters we make, being a prince doesn't necessarily come with adventuring skills. <laughs> so what kind of what kind of kingdom is this that our prince learned? skills yeah so we already have absalom kind of coming from a very traditional medieval society yeah let's european try, let's, let's let's steal another society then um do you want to go middle eastern do you want to go far eastern we you know we we did the barbarian tribal one yeah we recently. can go we can go middle eastern pull off okay. your aladdin sure so desert so what 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 does our prince learn? Like, what are the valuable skills of a prince in this sort of desert kingdom? Like, what is his formal education like? Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is, is magic a part of his studies? 
is, um, you know, are there other nearby kingdoms in the desert? Like, is warfare something that they care about? Or is it more like, maybe it's it's more like a gladiatorial warfare, or uh, maybe there's just monsters in the desert, and that's what they keep an army for. I'm, I'm fine with any of these. I'm yeah. just... The prince is going to learn a little bit of everything. Um, you know, they might not learn magic itself because they are not a magic user, but they're they, not. They, they might have to deal with the magic guilds. They do have to understand like the different politics within the magic guild and know the different users of magic and have a general understanding of the history of magic and how history magic has benefited okay. and also fucked up their society. Um, <laughs> so they, so they, they have. Are they a bookworm? I think they have to be if they want to be at least a half good like ruler, don't they? Yeah, maybe. Unless maybe we want to make I mean, maybe a shitty ruler. No, I think maybe maybe our prince is a very like, um, yeah, is a very like is is ready to be a ruler. Thinks that they will be a good and just king, um, but they're not interested in the. Maybe maybe they're not interested in like the warfare side of it or the adventuring side of it, you know? Like they're genuinely interested in the spreadsheets. Yeah. And like on the warfare side's like they can barely swing a sword, but like they'll kick your ass at chess and that translate over to the battlefield sort of way. Oh yeah, maybe they're maybe they're a master tactician. They've yeah. they've read all of the the books in the library about warfare. They just can't swing a sword. Maybe I don't want to steal from like, you know, other video games and, and stuff too much, but I'm, I'm wondering, like thinking almost of like a firebrand kind of thing where um, maybe like to be king, some artifact of the kingdom has to like approve of you in a lot of video games and stuff. It's like a, a sword, like the, the, the firebrand sword, um, and you have to be able to wield it. The, it has to accept you as the new king, and but but it doesn't have to be a sword, right? It'd be like um, the crown. Okay. Um, what's what's special about the crown then? That I mean, what's what's magical about it? Is it just like a sorting hat kind of situation where <laughs> it's intelligent and just like knows when somebody's ready to be king? Like I'm, I'm just trying to think of how we can get our prince to be maybe not disgraced, but um, dishonored or get him to a place where he has to mm -hmm. prove his honor. Well, let's, um, let's not in super death, but like, what's the, what's the family like? Mm -hmm. Like, is his father also a good King trying to be a good King? I think that, I think that maybe his grandfather was a good king and his grandfather is famous for being a good king. And I think that the current king, maybe he's maybe he is well liked by the people, but he's not actually good at his job. So you're thinking like a he's like a Robert Baratheon. Maybe. Yeah, like he's more interested in like tournaments and yeah, and concubines and stuff and less about, you know, making sure that the farms are doing well mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, I think he, maybe he's well liked by the people within the city, but like in the border towns and stuff like that, he he like doesn't even realize that there are like bandits on the highways and stuff. There, there we go. That's something to work with. What if what if we find out that what if we find out that the 
the current king was not approved of by the magical crown and has been wearing a fake crown the whole time. I'm still trying to work with the crown thing. Well, maybe it's it, maybe it's it is like this crown can only be worn by someone who will be a good king. And when the grandfather decided it was time to like pass down the crown, it rejected the current king. But the maybe the current king covered it up and had a fake one made and I don't know, sold the the real one. And when our prince finds out about it, he's like, oh, okay, well, I got to go find the magic crown so that I can wear it and prove to people that I am the king. Maybe the, the current king is like so excited about doing a big ceremony for the like the crown passing thing that he completely forgets that it's not a magic crown, <laughs> that it's not like the special one anymore. And he like invites everybody to come see the ceremony, maybe in, I don't know should it be like in six months time or something like that? Or, or do we want to have the ceremony and nothing happens? And that's how we find out that the thing is fake. That one sounds more interesting. Okay. So he's, he goes through the whole ceremony. The crown is put on his head. Everybody starts clapping and they're like, yay, he's been accepted. But the prince having read about this ceremony and prepared himself for it and maybe preparing himself for like the incredible pain or whatever, if he's not ready to be king and nothing happens. And he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> so maybe, maybe he doesn't leave to, maybe he's not like, I will reclaim my honor. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. I got to bring honor back to our kingdom. So he's not trying to like regain honor in his father's eyes. He's trying to like bring his entire kingdom back into being a good kingdom, I guess, or stable. Yeah. Okay. So he just, he just kind of like lies to the kingdom for just a little bit. Is like, hey, before I take control, like I should probably like see the kingdom, maybe have a little rumspringer. And the father's just like, yeah, so oh. your oath, do your thing thing you are my yeah. son so them oats boy okay yeah i i like that a lot so let's what is we we know that he's a bit nerdy but i mean is he afraid of going out and traveling or is he is he sort of resting on his his intellect what what sort of adventuring prowess does he have he has zero adventuring prowess and he also does not realize that the outside world is terribly dangerous we should probably give him a guardian he's a well, bit of a weenie you know when we, when we get to his act two he will have one yeah but presumably i think even the king would be like no you're not going alone well maybe we the king doesn't him. expect him to leave the city he's he's just like all right father i'm gonna go maybe he has a coterie of like soldiers and stuff to protect him but he again we, so we you said that he's guardian. familiar with you, you said that he's familiar with like the wizard's guild and stuff right yeah Maybe he travels to them and is like, look, I'm looking for this thing. I know that it's not here. I need to find out where it is. And they scry, find where the item might be or give him like a prophecy or something. And then he just bails on his bodyguards. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm almost tempted to do like a, a pauper and the prince sort of scenario where he just like has one of his servants that looks kind of like him pretend to be him. I feel like that's too many so layers. that nobody know, so that nobody knows he's gone. Because I do, like, why would the king, when he le leaves, why would the king not be out searching for 
him. I know he's on the Rungspringa, but once mm-hmm. the, the guards find out he dipped, why, why is there not an army trying to reclaim him? I mean, what if there is? That also kind of adds up to another like level of drama. Okay. But maybe they don't know where to look, I guess. Yeah. And by the time Act 1 finishes for our prince, who we should probably name, we he needs to find needs to have found his way all the way over to our like medieval european continent so two different ways is is the thing he needs over there or is he kidnapped and brought over there as a slave maybe he's just told like head east to find what you seek and as he's heading east he gets kidnapped and they take him even further east than he expected he would have to go and that's how we find him in the cage of brigands. Okay. And then we can decide when we actually write act two, <laughs> uh, that he's on the search for the crown and, and how they go about that, whether they have to travel all the way back across the seas, which could be a really fun and interesting story, or the crown has just made its way into this Eastern continent. So the king maybe just hawked it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like he, he doesn't want the real crown around anymore because then he you know then there is a likelihood that he will be dethroned so maybe he makes a new crown and it's just got some like leds in it or something yeah to make it look special but yeah i imagine him him selling it or maybe the og crown's like sitting in a shop owned by a kooky old man that has a floating table (laughs) a floating yeah a magic shield um did we ever name that guy I'm sure if we went back, we probably did. The old elf guy. I don't yeah. remember if we did. We're so shitty at names. Okay, so let's um, let's name our character. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and think of a name. Prince. What is what is the what is the kingdom like? Is it is it is it basically just like Aladdin, Persia, or do we want to you know fantasy it up a little bit and make it different? You know, just because they're in the desert doesn't mean that they you know have to be exactly the same. Maybe in this kingdom, there's 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 no queens. Like the 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 king has concubines, and any of his children are considered as legitimate as he wants them to be. So maybe his mother was a concubine from a, an oasis, like a, a tribe of uh, you know people who wander nomads. around. What am I? Yeah, tribe of nomads that maybe like hang out around the, the oasises in the desert. So maybe he has a name that's more like that. Maybe his name is less princely and more like nomadic, maybe even nature oriented. What about Fern? I want to try and do something more regal than that. More regal? A little bit more. Uh, uh, Fernhold. Well, okay. So what's, what's a regal name in general? Cause I mean, the, the first prince that I think about is Harry. <laughs> True. Aren't all those names from the Bible? Don't all the British name just name Bible things. I don't think Harry is in the Bible. Neither is Philip. There's got there's got to be a Philip in the Bible. No way, dude. There's Philippines. No, there's Philistines, not Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. No, there's no Philips in the Bible. That is a that is a uh, not Hebrew name. We have Matthews, Marks, Luke's, Johns, Joshuas, Bartholomews, uh, stuff like that. But I actually kind of like Bartholomew. Yeah, I can roll with that. Prince Bart. <laughs> Barty. Bart Samson. 
maybe he doesn't go by Bart. Maybe he goes by Mew or no, Mew is a Pokemon. Um, okay, well, uh, how, do, how do you feel about Bartholomew? Let's just stick with that. Okay, let's move on. Um, okay, so Prince Bartholomew, what is what is he what is he good at? Like, so he he's traveling for a while, mm-hmm. um, and eventually he gets kidnapped. Um, but while he's traveling, he's in the desert. He maybe his mother taught him how to live in the desert, so he's a bit of a survivalist. Maybe he's almost more like a ranger than like a, a fighter or something. N- not necessarily like a combat focused guy. Maybe he knows his way around a bow and arrow, but he's very good at like finding herbs and and poultices and stuff for whatever might be needed. He's good at figuring out where sources of water are. Yeah, We've also made him a nerd. So we can be like, he knows how to do everything theoretically. But then as soon as he's out in the wilderness, he's like, oh God, this is much harder. Yeah, he's, yeah, okay, yeah. Maybe it's one of those, maybe one of his like personal character things is he knows how to do a lot of things, but when he tries to do them, he fails. And it's very frustrating for him that, you know, he's not strong. He's not dexterous. He he knows how to start a fire, but he can't do it for some reason. And that's just, maybe that's a, a continuing arc that he's out adventuring to reclaim this crown to prove that he so that he can be a true king that he knows that he can be. And now he's out adventuring and he's like, holy shit, everything I think I can do, I can't. Can I even be king? Yeah. And on top of this, he's also lived a very pampered life. He's alone, the soft boy. Yeah. He has issues. Like when he finally gets to a, like a, a village, he's like, oh, thank God, please bring me water. And you light a fire. It, bring me a bed. And we're just like, who the hell are you? Go away. <laughs> Yeah, he's he just makes demands of all the people and they're like, okay, we'll do this, but it's five silver pieces. Okay, yeah. So he 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 makes demands of people and maybe that like pisses off the villagers and they just like sell him. They they just capture him and sell him off to um to yeah, like maybe a straight up slave merchant named Kaleem. And Kaleem takes him and you know, we probably have some scenes where Kaleem is talking to him and, you know, maybe spits on him, makes him feel like nothing, but also is like, maybe there's a a sandstorm and they get lost and Bartholomew is able to like chart from the stars where they are and gains a little bit of respect. Maybe he doesn't have to stay in a cage. He can just be like tied up to the cart or something and starts, starts earning a little bit of respect. And then he's just sold. (laughs) <laughs> or captured by a, a different band of slavers or something like that. Finds finds his yeah, way to works. the Eastern continent to be, I don't know, probably sold. And then he's taken by these thieves that are, as we discussed previously, a mixture of humans and orcs who have finally worked, uh, set aside their differences to work together to kill everybody. The dream. The dream. What else should we flesh out with, with this? I'm not going to lie. It's kind of nice to know where we wanted to go. <laughs> know where the button is but what what else about bartholomew is is interesting what is his thoughts on his father i think he thinks his father is an oaf i think he i think he loves his father well maybe not maybe he has like a ton of brothers and any one of them could be king and that's why he wants to go out and find the crown to like so that the crown can choose the proper king maybe he has an older brother that is just like his father and the father is like he's going to be the next king. Yeah, just when he's not drinking, when he's not drinking with the father, he's in the yeah, tournament. he's he's yeah, Being like yeah, 
good yeah he's um, heads. he wears uh like various tunics and stuff that are made from all the animals he's killed in the ring you know he's got like scars lion pelt on him a la hercules I also watched Lion King last night. Yeah, I, I kind of like that more than than Bartholomew just trying to like discredit his father. He wants to save the kingdom from a second generation of poor leadership. Yeah, yeah, that's more interesting. I think that that gives us more of a, a risk reward sort of thing and a little bit more altruistic. I think that it makes him a little more of a likable character that he's not just wanting to be king. He is wanting to, you know, be a good king. And- I think so let me let me ask you this do you think that he would be okay with if he finally gets the crown and he takes it back home and it chooses that brother anyway do you think he'd be okay with that like is he is he a slave to prophecy does he blindly trust the magics of the crown or is this just like a last ditch effort to bring some good back to the kingdom. I think it's kind of a last ditch effort. If the crown shows the brother, he'd probably go a more Tyrion route. Just be like, fine, you know what? I'm going to be that your hand or whatever anyway. I'm going to do Yeah, maybe he, work. maybe he's like, okay, if I can't be king, maybe I can like bargain my way to being a vizier and sort of like do all of, you know, the king's stuff like running the country behind the scenes and like and his brother can go and do the tournaments and stuff and yada 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 yeah well why would he if that's the case if he's okay yeah, yeah that kind of if takes, he's okay being the vizier kind of puts a lot of the wind out of the sail yeah so i think he's not okay with it like so, he he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be a puppet ruler he wants he wants the kingdom to like have strong leadership that like the world can see so we've mentioned the two separate kingdoms that our story takes place in are kind of in a cold war they don't like each other but they haven't escalated. Well, yeah because they're on separate continents what if what if brother has been bucket so he's like i kind of need to put a stop to this and then to double down once our main character has been kidnapped he finds out that the brother has been accusing the other kingdom what if the brother so if what he if the brother finds out yeah. that uh, Bartholomew is actually on the search for the real crown and Bartholomew gets his brother kidnapped like a full-on Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat situation that works yeah maybe maybe Bartholomew confronts his father and is and is like look I know we're doing the crowning ceremony and we're all going to get a chance to try it but or so does he watch so okay the crowning ceremony maybe is not necessarily like passing the crown but just like checking to see if the heir apparent is worthy. The older brother, who I think we should name at some point, let's think about that. Um, the older brother does the ceremony. Everybody cheers because he passes. But having read all of the books and seen the illustrations of what was supposed to happen, and this has not happened, Bartholomew confronts his father and is like, I know that that's not the real crown. Older brother was listening in and is like, nah, uh, uh, I am not going to let him uh, screw me out of the pillow rooms, which I just, that's what I love about like Middle Eastern stuff. I just want a room full of pillows. I know. Make that happen. I've been talking about building a pillow fort in the living room. I just want to. Or even in like your little uh, game studio. I should. We, I moved the. One, less space. That's less yeah. pillows. Two, you're going to be so sound. <laughs> I should. I totally should. Anyway, I, I like I like that. That gives us a reason why he's out. He's not so he was sold into he was um 
kidnapped into slavery, I guess. He was sold out. Mm -hmm. And is it is it slavery or do you think the older brother was just like kidnap him, take him as far away as possible? I never want to see him again. And then the guys are like, okay, well, we can like sell him as a slave or something. And maybe he's maybe he's actually sold as a slave to those trait to the the brigands. Maybe he's he's in a cage, but it's not it's because he's been a servant to them for months and that's like his house. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not too worried about fleshing out his slavery portion of the story just because that's all off screen. Yeah, it'll anyway. be on screen later, but at the most that's a cool flashback or montage I, of shitty I, life. I'm, I'm I'm actually imagining like in the in the movie adaptation, I'm imagining him just like sitting in a small cage and like staring directly into the camera while the background changes from like desert to oasis to forest to coastal to oceanic nighttime then like back to coastal and 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 then we like see this european continent and finally when it settles in this like pine forest and it pans back and we see like all of the brigands partying around and he's sitting there and just you know like he's not moved at all he's just been sitting in a cage but we see all the the different places that he's seen through the bars and like that's yeah, how that work that's how the uh like hit th that part of the story ends for him, how the episode ends. Um, is there anything else we should flesh out? Uh, I think the only thing we need is we need something more distinct than East for where the crown is or how he's going to find mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that, that can happen in, in act two. I mean, maybe, you know, Absalom is out trying to prove that he's a knight. And then suddenly here is a deposed prince who is on a quest to regain a royal artifact and Absalom is like, okay, we have to do this. Like, <laughs> this this is notoriety supreme. This is my ticket to being a knight. And we figure out where it is. Maybe it's not on either continent. Yeah, um, we and, and we have to go somewhere else and meet a third character or or something. But yeah, I don't we, we we'll get into that in act two. So well, I guess so let's let's think about Bartholomew's story so far. I know that we're not fully hero arcing him for act one um but have we hit the main plot points i mean he he sort of has a call to action but he doesn't refuse it does he i guess the father could give him an option like look you're still a prince's son you could still live a good life yeah or maybe what are you complaining about yeah maybe maybe he is given the option of of the crowning ceremony first and it goes off without a hitch and that's and then he's like this isn't the real thing and he confronts the father and the father's like fine if you don't want it then It'll go to your brother. Then then that's the whatever the secondary call, I guess. The I forget the the names of things. The incident that gets him to do the thing even when he refuses it. Uh, going to the Mages Guild and getting a general direction. That would be the supernatural yeah. aid. I, I kind of I want him to have something else though. He he needs to have something. He can't just be a nerd in a cage. Maybe the um maybe the wizard guild like gives him something to aid him on his quest or something like that. Um, and he just doesn't know how to use it. I just feel like the slavers would take it from him though. Maybe they don't realize it's special. Maybe it's a sash or something like that. Just a, a like a cloth belt that as it turns out is as hard as steel and can grow to any length. He's, yeah, he's, got, a, he's got a magical sash that he can use to Indiana Jones stuff. Just so he has something, you know? Yeah. 
then crossing the threshold will be running away. Belly the Whale will be being kidnapped. Okay, yeah, great. Okay, so we've got these two characters that are going to meet for Act Two when we record that, and then we'll 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 figure all that stuff out later. I don't know why I'm talking about a future episode. We're still in this one. Are we done with Bartholomew? All Cass right, get out of town, Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Nobody liked you anyway. Okay. Well, send us an email at beabetterbard at gmail.com if you have any questions or requests. We're, Alex and I are going to be probably discussing you know, possible changes in the show coming up. Um, we definitely have like a, a fun new episode f- format experiment thing that's coming that we already talked a little bit about talked a lot about actually in this episode a lot of allusions to it when y'all hear the episode it all makes sense but now you're gonna be like huh what absolute what yeah i don't really have anything everybody go play video games yeah wash your hands stay Uh, safe support the blm movement donate to your yeah yeah that's such a big one and don't you know any any concession that is given is not enough you know we where we live, they have a, the the governor and the mayor have agreed to tear down all these Confederate statues, but that's that's not enough. There's still hundreds of Black and Brown people who have been illegally arrested and charged for for their for practicing their their First Amendment right of free speech and peaceful assembly until the charges are dropped for them until institutional racism is over this fight should never end so you know if 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 you support them you know put a sign in your lawn uh do any, anything simple just get your voice out there that's that's all it takes if you can't march if you're not comfortable going out there if you don't have money to donate put put a sign on your lawn just or or just you know if you see any of them put your fist in the air let them know that you support them because because that's that's all that's what the movement needs. The movement needs a lot of small voices to turn into a roar. That's all I got to say about that. Cool. Yeah, you covered it. Um, well, I love you, Alex. And thank you for doing another episode of the show with me. Oh, I love you too, buddy. I know that we're actually kind of like out of order about what our next episodes should be, sort of, because we started working on the, the project and like left and came back to it and then we did princes out of nowhere i think it might be your turn to choose yeah i didn't even think about it. i was so focused on our next big one so i didn't even think about that next episode's going to be sidekicks. sidekicks Ooh, that's really good i love that um okay great so this is episode 10 um episode 11 will be out uh hopefully next week and it'll be about sidekicks the jumbo um, episode well this has been be a butter bard and until Thanks next time remember wash your hands bye, bye.